Well, if you'll open your Bible to page 400, and what is that number? 482. In a few minutes, we're going to be there. I want to talk to you today about heroes. I was talking about Fernando. He'd be one of my music heroes. Fernando Ortega. He lives in New Mexico. It's interesting. I, I, I heard from him just the other day. And then today, uh, Marty, um, I forget Marty's last name. It's a very, it's a hard name to pronounce. That's why I forget. I can't say it. But he's a converted Jew. And uh, he is a talented musician. And uh, Dottie was trying to uh, round him up for something. And I wound up in that conversation. And then a moment ago, I, I had a question about something in the Bible that I was just interested in what Dr. Kendall had to say about it. So I, I texted him this morning and said, hey, I'd be interested in your comment on what I asked him about. And he texted me back real quick. He said, well, I'm in New York. Kendall's older than I am. And he said, uh, I'll be preaching tonight at Times Square Church. And if you're bored tonight, you could pull it up and watch it online. And... Uh, I thought to myself, you know, he, you know, talking about heroes, I mentioned R.T. Kendall would certainly be one of my heroes, and I have many others. But I want to talk to you today about, let me start this way. Like, as a boy growing up, I had my heroes. Probably you had some heroes. And even as a teenager, I, I still had my heroes. As a boy, I was thinking about during the week as I was preparing this for today, you'll be disappointed, but. One of my real heroes was the Lone Ranger. Well, I figured you'd do that. He came on on Thursday night, every Thursday night, and Marita Bread, there's no such thing as that anymore, but where, where I lived in Atlanta, that was like, uh, that'd be like the H-E-B Bread or the whoever's bread. But anyway, they sponsored the Lone Ranger, and I just couldn't wait for Thursday night to hear the Lone Ranger. And then when I became a teenager, of course, we've all, you know, I've had heroes in different ways. And, but, but one of my heroes uh, was number eight on the New York Yankees. Uh, he played catcher and named Yogi Berra. Now, many, now you ladies won't maybe know much about Yogi Berra. But anyway, first of all, he was, a great, he was a great baseball player. And then later he became a manager. But actually, um, he, he became a celebrity not because of his baseball I'll say it this way. This is my take on it. He became a celebrity because of his quirky sayings. He had all these little quirky sayings that seemed to resonate with me. Like one of his probably most famous quirky sayings, if I were to ask you, I predict me, you, you remember what it was? He would say, it ain't over till it's what? That was his. In fact, Dr. Kendall, one of his desires in life was to actually meet Yogi Berra. Of course, he's dead now, but he did. Somebody worked that out for him, and uh, the reason he wanted to meet him, he wanted to write a book, and he did, entitled, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. That's one of Kendall's best books, and uh, he wanted Yogi Berra's permission to do that, and of course, in the preface of that book, he talked about that. But you know, he had, he had a lot of kind of quirky sayings. Another was, I always thought that record would stand until it was broken. I mean, that's just real deep, is it not? And then, boy, here's one. Sometimes he would deny saying things that actually he had said. And when he was accused of saying things that he had said, 
he, he, he had a saying of that. He said, I really didn't say everything I said. <laughs> I thought about that even this morning. You know, that would be a good one-liner for a lot of politicians, would it not? <laughs> I really didn't say everything I said. Because like they say one thing during the campaign, but when that's over, you know, it's like we don't know the world type thing. Well, well, you know, you know, now, you, you've had your heroes, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe you have people you look up to or whatever it might be, but, but the truth of the matter is, we're all grown, and, and I, I was thinking, you know, whoever or whatever that, that we desire to spend our time with is actually one of our heroes, and there's nothing wrong with that, well, to a point. But that's really like whoever, it could be a person, it could be a thing, but just whoever or whatever we desire. The key, right, the key to that little statement is that we desire. You may not get to spend as much time with that person or that thing as you desire, but the desire is the key part. And as you think about like, you know, what, what do you desire most to spend your time with? If you analyze that, uh, that really becomes one of your heroes. Now, all of us have things we must do. But, but the key is not what we do. The key is what we desire to do. Like you may desire to do things that you can't always get to do as much as you want to. Well, the key is zero in on that. Like some people, for example, their desire is work. It really is. Now, we all have to work. I mean, if you have a job, unless you retire, we should work. But like, like some people, and I've known many like this, like even when they're at home, they're really at work mentally. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, they're in the house physically, but they're really not in the house. And I, I have to guard against that. You know, sometimes I, you know, like an interesting thing about a minister's work, it doesn't mean he works more than others. It's just he doesn't have a, like an eight to five job. I mean, people die during the night. People have crisis all during the time, and so, you, you, it, to, to, you, you, but you just can't haul your. <laughs> there just has to be a stopping point out there, or you you may as well just stay on the just stay in the office twenty four seven. So you know, sometimes Dottie said to me, uh, "You're you're here, but you're not here." Well, that's a low blow, but anyway, what makes it a low blow is it's kind of true sometimes. Well, you know, some people's desire is recreation. I'll just make that big head. It may be, it, 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 it may be golf. It may be fishing. Uh, it, it may be, be whatever it is. Some people's real desire, they don't maybe get to do it all the time, but it's, it's what they live for is entertainment, like football, basketball, baseball, whatever it may, or whatever. It's just, you know, like we are recreation crazy, amusement crazy. Things are all out of balance. Um, it, 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 and none of these things in themselves are bad things unless they become the main thing. And that's what we have to work on in life. It, it, at least for me, I have to be careful that I don't let things that I enjoy and things that I like, I don't want to quit enjoying those things. I don't want to quit liking those things. But if, I'm, if, if I don't kind of watch out what's happening, you, you can... 
you can just desire and those things just become where you spend most of your time, most of your energy. And while you do that, even though the things themselves may not be bad, what you do, you neglect what is the main thing. Now, in, you have your Bible open to page 482. The psalmist in Psalm number five probably captures this as well as, uh, as anything you might find. Let's look what he says in Psalm chapter five, verse one. The psalmist said, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Now, if, if you just look at those three verses and maybe read them five or ten times and begin to kind of think what's happening here, it's very obvious that the psalmist, the desire he's expressing here is intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. That's what he's talking about in the morning and then at the night. Uh, what, what's going on here? Well, you know, this is what Jesus desired most. Uh, you don't need to maybe turn, but I'm going to turn over in Mark chapter 1, and I'm going to read the verse, and you will, you, you will know, you'll remember it when I read it. it. Because Jesus, what his desire was on earth was his intimacy with God the Father. In Mark chapter 1, very interesting verse, it says, Now in the morning, having risen long before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He, he, his desire was communion with God. And even early in the morning, long before the break of the day, that is exactly what he did. The psalmist, in another psalm, I think said it really better even than I would know how to say it. He said, talking to God, he says, you know, God, what I long for. You see, what we long for, what we desire most, uh, it, 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 that, really, that really becomes our hero. And, uh, you, you know, as you think about good things that you do, like when in, the, in the Christian life, I mean, like, like reading the Bible, well, that's a good thing. Uh, prayer, that, well, that's something we all need to do. Uh, going to church, that's something we all need to do. That's my conviction. Bible says, don't forsake yourself to sin together with other believers. But it, it, like doing those things, you actually can do all those things. And, and really, you don't have all that much desire maybe to do any of those things. Like you can read your Bible out of duty rather than desire. Really, you can. And that's one of the dangers of having a you know, people have a Bible reading plan. I think we should have a probably, for most people, they do better with a Bible reading plan. But if you're not careful, you, you, you follow your Bible reading plan because that's your Bible reading plan rather than saying, I, I really look forward to getting my Bible this morning and seeing what God's Word has to say to me. Same thing about prayer. I mean, it's, we should pray, but a desire to talk to God, a desire to go to church. You say, well, yeah, but you're a preacher. You have to go to church. Well, there is some truth to that. I am a preacher, and I do have to go to church. I guess church would take a dim view if I didn't go to church. But like, actually, I look forward to going. I've not always been a preacher. I was not born a preacher. God didn't call me to preach when I was 27 years of age. But all my life, 
I, I just always had a desire to go to church. I had a desire to hear preachers preach. I didn't always pay attention, but but I didn't dread that. I just did something I had to do. And so, but I think we have to to guard against these things. Now, here's here's the point. <laughs> the psalmist said, "You know what I long for, Lord." See, God knows your heart, like God knows my heart. Now, I don't do everything that I should do. In, in the spiritual life, and and you don't do everything. Maybe you should do in the spiritual life, but 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 God God knows our heart, and He knows in our heart that we desire to have communion with Him, to hear from Him, to speak to Him in prayer, to worship. He He knows all this. Now, now, the, sometimes I, I don't get to spend as much time in 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 reading my Bible and in prayer as as I as I want to. Uh, now, I need to ask myself when that happens, is this a lack of discipline? Could be. You know, I think many people just, you have to, there's just 24 hours in the day, so we can't make an hour, or we can't make 30 minutes. So if you're going to have time that you're going to read your Bible and pray like in the morning, I mean, you've got to carve out some time, and you won't find time. People say, I've got to find time. No, you won't. Well, you won't find it. It's, <laughs> God's already established. It, it, and so sometimes we maybe get a little lax in that. But other times, even though I desire to read God's Word as I should, maybe one day, and I, I desire to spend time with God in prayer, but it, it, may, be, it may be my responsibilities. And, and you have the very same thing. Like every day is just not always the same. Things happen. Uh, like that happened to me yesterday. I was sharing over the table a moment ago. The church has heard me over the years refer to an uncle of mine called Uncle Parks. I've mentioned before that as a boy, I basically kind of was raised mostly by my grandparents over in Athens, Georgia. And my, my mother's brother and sister never married. And so they just never left the home place. They, they were always were there. And so, and my uncle was 10 years older than I was. And so really he was, he was like, he was kind of like a brother. Well, yesterday morning, uh, last Sunday night, about 1030, a, a friend of his who has been very good to stay in communication with us the last few years, especially during my uncle's illness, called to say my uncle Parks had gone to be with the Lord. He'd passed away. And he said, now, Parks had said, you and John had promised you'd come do the service. And I said, well, that's right. Well, to put all that together, like yesterday, I'm trying to put all that together. And it was not easy. I mean, I got a funeral home down there wanting to know what time you can be there. And, and we're here and you, you, you're trying to work out travel schedule and you, you're just trying to change stuff you've got scheduled. And so like yesterday was just... It was just a wipeout for me. And, and on top of that, I was dealing with families with funerals at the church. It just, it just was not an easy Monday. And, but when the day got over, I had not read much Bible. And I hadn't had any very valuable prayer time. I'd asked God to help me with some things. But the point I'm trying to make is, God knows my heart. And yesterday, my desire was to spend more time reading God's Word and spend more time in prayer, but the, the circumstances of yesterday prevented that. 
but, but I don't have guilt about that. What, what I need to have guilt about if, if, if the next day and the next day and the next day, I just don't even have any desire to. Now, it's interesting. It's interesting because I was up to about 11.30 last night trying to get everything I need to get done, knowing I have one day left before that journey starts. Well, this morning, about 10 minutes after 4 o'clock, I woke up and I picked up my phone and it said 4.10. And I said to myself, do you ever do this? Talk to yourself like that? I said, look, you need to, uh, you've got this clock set for six o'clock. Well, I laid there about 10 more minutes and I saw then, I don't know about you, but I can know if I'm not going back to sleep. Now I've heard all this stuff about, you know, count sheep and count, I've tried every, but I've knew, but I see, I think that God knew I needed up. Now Dottie last night, she went to bed earlier and so she went upstairs. She said, now, I don't know how late you're going to be up, but I've got to go to bed, get my sleep. So I'm going to sleep upstairs, and you just go to bed wherever you want to. I thought, now, that's what you call a good wife. I can just go to bed whenever I want. But anyway, I say this to say that. I had the most wonderful, quiet time this morning. I, I got my coffee made real quick. I got me a Pop-Tart. By the way, I told that story about a Pop-Tart in a sermon a few weeks ago, and I had some emails about that. Said, you know, you told one of the secrets to your quiet time is a Pop-Tart. And she said, this, one of the persons that wrote said, that's a terrible example to share people eating things like that. I don't know what they eat, but I, I wrote back and said, I, you're, I, said I messed up. I, I should have said, and it's true, they're not frosted. So they're much healthier, these Pop-Tarts I ate. But I'm not suggesting you have to have a Pop-Tart and coffee. But I had to, but, but the point is this morning, I actually had a desire to do that. Now, I'm not trying to say, hey, look how spiritual I am. No, yesterday I wasn't too good. But I'm saying in your life, there are times that you just have responsibilities and things don't work out. The key, don't let the devil give you a guilt trip over that. The key is in your heart. You desire what the psalmist said. He said, you know what I long for, O Lord. God knows what you long for. See, God's desire (laughs) is that you make him your desire. That's it. And that should just be at the front of our brain as we go through every day. God's desire for my life is that I make him the desire of my life. And maybe some days I do better at that than other days. I'm sure I do. But, you know, it's the first thing God told us to do. We talk about heroes. The very first commandment, God said, you shall have no other gods besides me. In other words, make him the main thing. So I just encourage you today in all the activity of life and the things we have to do in life and responsibilities we have in life and and all these things, just, just always be sure that in your heart, and remember God knows, that, and I pray, God, I pray in my heart that I make you, that the desire of my heart is that you be the desire of my heart. And Father, that is what, they wouldn't be here today if that wasn't the heart's desire. But God, we need you to help us do that. It's not easy. It's really not easy. We can talk about these things and make it sound like, hey, we have this mastered and you won't have any problem. You just love God and this will just all work out. God, we, we have a part in that. Help us to look at 
who or what our heroes really are. And the answer to that is whatever we desire most, that is our hero. It could be a person. It can be a thing. And neither necessarily bad until they become the main thing in our life. God, help us remember the words of Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things should be added unto you. Now, God, you know, there are needs in the room because there are people in the room. We all have needs. And I just thank you, God, that you know our needs. I thank you that your grace is sufficient. And I pray today, maybe for some that are going through an extra hard time, that they will just feel your presence in a very real, personal, special way. Give us opportunities, even the remainder of this day, to be a blessing to people. And this week, in Jesus' name, amen.